You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, this is Scott Galloway, NYU professor, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and the host of the Prop G Markets podcast. For nearly two years, Prop G Markets has brought listeners unfiltered analysis on high-flying stocks, burgeoning sectors, stupid acquisitions, and master of the universe CEOs. Starting May 20th, Prop G Markets is launching a new feed with two episodes per week. What a thrill! The good news? I know how to get your rich. The answer? It's on Prop G Markets. Don't miss out. Listen and subscribe to Prop G Markets wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Damon Martin, MMAfighting.com, and I am here with the man who will challenge for the UFC lightweight championship of the world in uh, just about two months' time, Michael Chandler. Uh, Michael, welcome back, and I talk about a crazy uh, couple of weeks for you, man. Obviously, uh, coming out of the big win in your debut, you wanted a title shot. Guess what? You're fighting for the title. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me, and yeah, secondly, man, it's been a uh... It's been crazy, man. It's been been a crazy last year. Obviously, uh, betting on myself, fighting out my contract with Bellator, and then uh, taking the leap to the UFC. And a uh, couple opportunities I said yes to, and then obviously knocking out Dan Hooker was a a good start to kicking down the door to the lightweight division. And uh, I said yes every way, uh, all the way through, and I'm being rewarded for it, I guess. So uh, we'll fight for that that UFC title, UFC 262. Let's go. I love it. I love it. Kind of, kind of give me a sense how this all came together because we heard rumors and I know Justin Gates, you put out a tweet. He thought he was going to fight you in May. I know that's a fight you were interested in. We talked about that right after the Dan Hooker fight and then boom, you know, Khabib's officially retired and you're fighting Charles Oliveira for the title. So can you kind of give me like the sense, like how this all came together? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm definitely interested in the Justin Gaethje fight. That's a fight that I, I think the fans want to see. That's a fight that, that gets me excited. But, um, you know, I I, uh, I saw the rumors. Um, I just was keeping my head down and, and seeing what was going to what was gonna play out. All I know is I got a call a couple uh, – about four days ago at this point, um, I was in San Diego on a, on a family vacation with my wife and son, and um, I said yes. I said I'll, I'll fly back to Nashville – throw everything in my car, drive down to Florida, and I'm on my way right now to go get after it with my boys at Sanford MMA. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I was going to say, do you understand the word no? I don't think no exists in your vocabulary, does it? Man, I, I, I've uh, I've been a guy who's been in this sport for, for 12 years, you know, and uh, just it doesn't matter what, what vocation, what walk of life, what uh, – what industry you're in, you know, the people, the people that say yes, the people that are, that are willing to step up, the people that are willing to put the work in and, and raise their hand when everybody else is, 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 uh, covering their heads up, but usually those people are rewarded for it. And I, uh, the UFC has done right by me thus far. And I've, I've been, uh, it's been a pleasure to be signed with the UFC. It's been a pleasure since day one. And, uh, I imagine it's going to be even more of a pleasure after I get that UFC belt strapped around my waist, but it's been, a uh, 
it's been good thus far. I, I have been a guy who's said yes um, a lot when a lot of guys have said no. Um, pretty much everybody in the top five has said no to a fight against me except for Dan Hooker, and I tip my hat and I commend him for taking that fight January 23rd. And, uh, you know, he, he's a heck of a competitor. I know he'll be back, but I was glad to get the knockout that night. Um, and uh, obviously took a couple, couple weeks off served and, and loved all my family, dated my wife a little bit because I'd been gone for a little while, and then uh, got the phone call, and, of course, you know my answer was going to be yes. My answer was going to be yes to any fight, most likely, but a UFC title fight, I don't care if it's, uh, you know, eight weeks' notice, seven months' notice, two days' notice, I'm saying yes. My answer was yes, and uh, now I'm on my way to Florida. I love it. Now, with that being said, you know, obviously Charles Oliveira is the opponent. I'll get back to him in a second. I know we talked about this after the win over Dan Hooker, but, you know, we all kind of imagined, you know, considering the way you both won, it was going to be you and Dustin Poirier. And then you said at the time, you know, you hold no ill will if Dustin doesn't want to fight you. Uh, you understood where he's coming from. I know you guys had some fun back and forth with the hot sauce, which is hilarious. Uh, but I had heard, and I again, I don't know how much you hear, but I heard that, you know, Dustin had a chance to fight for the title, and, and it sounds like he's opting for the Conor McGregor trilogy, which is fine. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, you know, obviously the title can come down the line. I'm sure you guys will fight in the future, whatever. But were you surprised at the way it played out with you and Oliveira, or, or did you kind of see this coming? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I saw it coming. I mean, I, I think I saw, I definitely saw it coming that, that Conor and Poirier are going to do the trilogy. That, that makes, it makes sense for Dustin. It makes sense for Conor to get that one back. It makes sense. You know, it's a huge fight in, in the lightweight division. Um, so I, it, it makes sense in a lot of ways for, for Dustin to forego the title shot and go fight Connor. Um, but with, with that being said, the UFC has got to move on. The UFC, you know, met with Khabib, and Khabib said he was absolutely unequivocally retired. He's done. So the UFC had to make a decision. I don't know, I don't know what phone calls were being made. I don't know if there were phone calls made to Dustin, made to – Gaethje, uh, made to Oliveira, made to whoever. All I know is I got a phone call asking if I would be down to fight for the title, the vacant title May 15th, and I said absolutely. Um, I didn't care who it was against. Um, so that's kind of how it played out, and, and uh, all I know is on my side of the fence, I, I respect and admire all these guys in the lightweight division. It's the most electrifying division in the UFC right now, and I'm, I'm absolutely pumped to be a part of it. And now I get the opportunity to be the, the number one guy, the guy with the gold around my waist, and then have everybody else. Um, pretty much I'll be put in a position where nobody's going to want to say no to a fight against me. I want to fight all these guys. I want these guys to be on my resume with a W next to my name. And uh, it'll all happen in due time, but I'm excited to compete and, and show my skill set out there on May 15th in Houston, Texas against Oliveira. Absolutely. Uh, let me ask, before we get to the fight itself, I know a fight we've talked about dozens of times. This goes back years when you were Bellator champion, a fight that you always dreamed about was the Habib Nurmagomedov fight. Uh, obviously, I know you said, you know, you felt like, you know, over time, you know, you could eventually convince him to come out of retirement. It seems like, at least based on what we're hearing out of him from this last weekend, he really is done. He really is walking away. Um, in the back of your mind, like kind of like a two-part question, like what was your reaction to that? Because obviously that's how this title fight came about. And then two, is there any part of you, like do you feel like maybe you have to put Khabib behind you at this point? Yeah, no, I mean, at this point, yes. Khabib deserves to go sail off into the sunset, into retirement, and enjoy it. He's His body of work, his resume, it speaks for itself. Um, 
you know, I think uh, that chapter in the lightweight division is behind me. You know, I, I uh, talked about it this week. It's a new era in the lightweight division. That lightweight title is up for grabs. Um, the great thing is, even without Khabib, even with Khabib leaving the division, the lightweight division is the most stacked division in the UFC, the most exciting division in the UFC. So to get the opportunity to fight for the title now, my sights are set solely on Charles Oliveira May 15th. And then the great thing about that is we know we don't know who it's going to be after that, my first title defense, but I know it's going to be an exciting one. You know, when you talk about Connor, you talk about Fourier, you talk about Gaethje, you talk about Ferguson, you talk about these awesome competitors, tough guys, um, they're going to put butts in seats in arenas. Now that arenas are filling up, they're going to, we're going to sell pay-per-views. We're going to do, uh, we're going to do some great stuff and continue the, the legacy of the lightweight division being always, every year, a perennial, the perennial best division in the UFC across, uh, across all promotions um, and across all weight classes. So I'm excited to essentially plant my flag at the top of the mountain on May 15th after I beat Charles Oliveira. And then we'll see, we'll see what's next. But the great thing is, man, the next couple of years are going to be a lot of fun. I said, I said coming into the UFC, I'm here to have a good time and, and have a blast and um, put on some entertaining fights. And I get to do I did it against Dan Hooker a couple months ago, or really a month and a half ago at this point. And I get to do it against Charles Oliveira here in seven, seven and a half weeks. Yeah. Now, with that being said, the thing with Habib was always competitive. There was never a personal issue with him. It was always about competing against the best guys in the world. But is there any part of you, as you move into this title fight with Charles Oliveira, that the fact that Habib has really walked away, he's retired, does help this division move forward? Because I think, like, you know, the, the doubt that Dana White kept giving, I'm going to try to get Khabib to come back. I'm going to try to convince him to fight again. There was always that little shadow kind of hanging over the division. Now, he's retired. And, and good for him, man. He, he put on, a, you know, he had had an amazing career. People would say arguably the greatest lightweight of all time. He's done his thing. He's walked away and he's made it clear. He at least you know there's no intention of him coming back. Do you feel like that does help with this vacant title fight that you do get to help the division move forward? The the, the, the Khabib question is no longer lingering out there. Yeah, I think it's you know I mean I, I would be just as happy as if he stuck around and, and I was the next guy in line for the title to fight him for it. Um, but. Either way, you know, he has made his decision, and, and this, this happens in sport. This happens in, in, in competition. This happens. Guys, guys are done, whether it be because they, you know, fall off the, of the kind of the ladder, if you will, or they just sail off into the sunset on top like Khabib has done, and, and he has earned every right to be able to do that. So it's, uh, it's good. You know, I think it's, I think it's bittersweet for a lot of people, but I also think it's, it's exciting in a lot of people's eyes that that question is answered. You know, there was a little bit of ambiguity um, and a lot of, a lot of hope and wishful thinking on the UFC's part that Khabib wasn't actually going to be retired. But um, now it's, uh, now we move forward with the division and I have, you know, no problem shouldering and taking on all of the, everything that is to come um, winning that title May 15th, being the number one guy and then continuing um the legacy of the UFC lightweight division, being the being the champion, being the face of the lightweight division, and then 
been getting excited about all the great opportunities and all the great fights that we're going to have uh, moving on in the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. What are your thoughts on Charles Oliveira? He's been on an incredible run, and he really got the big statement win over Tony Ferguson. Now, prior to that, during his win streak, you could argue that maybe he hadn't fought the best guys in the division, but I don't care who you're fighting at lightweight. Eight fights in a row is pretty ridiculous because this division is so freaking deep, as you mentioned. Uh, but what do you think of Charles and he brings into this fight? Man, Charles is a he's a salty, crafty veteran. He's a guy who's been he's been inside that octagon uh, dozens of times now. He's been in the octagon a, a lot of times. He's got a lot of experience. He's great on the ground. He's he's shown to be improving on the feet. Um, he's dangerous everywhere. This is a dangerous fight. This is a an exciting fight, and this is a, a you know with Connor and Fourier doing their trilogy. Uh, we weren't really sure what, where Justin Gaethje stood. Uh, it, I think it makes a lot of sense. And uh, Charles Oliveira, as a competitor, he's as tough as they come. He is. Uh, I feel like we're going to see the best version of, of, of Charles Oliveira. Anytime you get the opportunity to step into that octagon and compete for UFC gold, you're going to see the best version of, of, of Charles Oliveira, but you're also going to see the best version of myself. This is what I've been working towards outside the UFC for 12 years. And now for the last six months being signed with the UFC, working towards getting myself into the title picture, getting myself into title contention. Now here we are. I said yes. And in seven and a half weeks, I get to capture UFC gold. Yeah. If there's been one knock on Charles Oliveira during his career, and obviously he's also fought a featherweight, so of course, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, a different body of work, but if there's been one slight knock on him, it's that, you know, he is an incredible front runner. What I mean by that is when he's winning, man, it's real hard to slow him down. He is a very dominant fighter. Like he, what he did to Tony Ferguson was just ridiculous. The way he dominated Tony on the ground, it was just a, a real showcase for him. But, you know, adversity, you know, that seems to be maybe a, a little bit of an issue he's facing past when guys you know put the hurt on him he's not a guy who's been able to stick around through those moments now we know that you are kind of like the the owner of the hurt business so to speak you really do like to go out there and kind of punish your opponents and you've been in those deep waters and and had to find your way uh, out of bad situations do you feel like that actually is a pretty big advantage for you in this fight uh to see what he's really made of absolutely i think i mean that's that's my goal no matter who it is If if it's the toughest guy in the division or a guy who some, somehow sometimes uh, tends to fade as the fight progresses into a real big dog fight, uh, slugfest, knockdown, dragout war. Man, that's where I thrive. You know, uh, so far, the fans have only seen two and a half minutes of my performance. But wait, wait till you see round two, round three, round four, and round five. I've been in those championship rounds. I've been in those twenty-five minute wars. I've been in the deep, deep waters with championship level, high level caliber guys, two former UFC champions, Eddie Alvarez, Benson Henderson, guys that guys that held belts in the UFC. And uh, I've been in knockdown drag out wars. I've won fight of the year um, numerous times. So it's uh man, I thrive on that. And that's that's what it got me excited about signing with the UFC. All the new opportunities, all the new challenges, all the new contests and wars I get to get in with these guys, the best guys in the world, the best lightweights in the world and you know, if uh, if Charles Oliveira takes his foot off the gas at all, uh, chances are he's going to get finished. And I don't I don't know how long he's going to be able to keep his foot on the gas. I know I'm going to keep my foot on the gas for 25 minutes. I know everyone's going to be on the edge of their seats there in Houston at the Toyota Center. And, uh, man, it's going to be fun. I, I think it's the perfect opponent. I think it's the perfect time. I think it's the perfect 
the perfect place to win the UFC title in front of 19,000 fans in Houston, Texas. And, uh, man, I, I just couldn't be happier. I think it all worked out perfectly. I think you couldn't have scripted me coming over, signing with the UFC at the right time, the door being the door that stayed, stayed closed for so long, finally opening here in 2020 and then 2021, and then me capturing the gold this year. And I think it's, it's a perfect time. And uh, that's got me more motivated than anything. So you, you think you've seen a motivated Michael Chandler. You think you've seen a tenacious, violent Michael Chandler. I think the best is yet to come in, in that regard, and you're, you're going to see it May 15th. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you think about the body of work you've already put together in your career, Michael, when you think about all the all the things you did in Bellator and the guys you beat, it's not just the title range. You mentioned the Eddie Alvarez fights, a guy who's a you know fellow legend in the sport. You talk about Benson Henderson, a guy who has gone with everybody, former UFC champion. Uh, the guys you already have on your resume, then you add on a Dan Hooker, and then in your second UFC fight, uh, you have a chance to become champion, and, and I know 100% with focus that you, you believe you will become champion. But And so maybe this is a question better asked on May 16th, but I'll ask it anyways now. Like, Can you quantify in your head right now like what that will mean to add this to your legacy and, and, and putting you in kind of like a, a very, very small category of guys who have been able to do this? Eddie obviously did it. Uh, he was a Bellator champion. He ended up winning the UFC title. And, and Eddie's, you know, again, there's a reason why we consider Eddie Alvarez one of the greatest lightweights of all time. Do you feel like this uh, this will cement you in that same kind of category because again you're, you you have a chance to do something that is so so super rare in the sport. Yeah, I mean, I think so. You know, I, I don't really think about you know I, I think about living each day uh, to the best of my ability, and that's and that's how you create a legacy. That's how you create a, a long standing Hall of Fame um, greatest of all time type of of legacy is to just put the work in and put your best foot forward every single day. And, I, and I've done that. I've, I've, lived, I've lived my life like the best lightweight in the world, and I've lived my life, life like, um, like a champion since I started this sport in 2009. And I think that this, it all culminates on May 15th when I capture UFC gold. And then from then on, it's, it's just defending the title, and it's stringing together wins, and it's putting on great performances, and it's, and it's making people feel something. You know, and I think, I think, you know, when you talk about my body of work, listen, I'm not undefeated. I am not. I don't have a perfect record. I, ha, I do have losses on my record, but that's even more. Uh, it's even more relatable to the fans and the people who are watching out there that say, "Man, this guy pulled himself up by his bootstraps. He came from small, humble beginnings. He's got a couple losses. He got knocked down a couple times. He dusted himself back up, off. He kept working. He kept putting his best foot forward, and he and he, he's gonna, he ended up winning the UFC title, and then multiple, you know, multiple world titles outside the UFC." and then a world title in the UFC. And I think that in and of itself is hopefully a blueprint for a lot of people to say, you know what, I might not have won today, but the sun will rise again tomorrow. And I've always, I've always had that mentality. I know, this, I know this career is a marathon, not a sprint. And that's what I tell all these young fighters, man. It's, it's not about being perfect every day. It's about stringing together good days as long as you can. you got 365 days in a year. You're going to take an L here and there. You're going to have your, your bumps. You're going to take your bruises. But eventually, all the hard work pays off if you still continue to strive for those goals that you have in your heart. And that's, that's really what I want to convey to, to, the, to the onlookers there in, in Houston, Texas, the viewers on, on everybody who, who buys the pay-per-view. And uh, I think May 15th, you're going to see the changing of a guard of the new face of the lightweight division. And uh, from then on, it's just putting on great performances.
microcosm uh, of a sport, which is mixed martial arts. Yeah, absolutely. And to that point, you know, it's kind of funny. We talk about all the potential matchups coming out of the, the Dan Hooker fight. You know, you said, listen, I'll fight Charles Oliveira. I'll fight Dustin Poirier. I'll fight Conor McGregor. I'll fight, you know, I'll fight, I'll fight any of these guys. You end up with Charles Oliveira in a title shot, which is, you know, again, you, you didn't you didn't necessarily know that was going to happen. But now here it is. If everything goes well on May 15th, you become champion. And at that point, you kind of really do get to live your best life because you, you've never been a guy to sit there and call out, you know, opponents, things like that. Like, everyone's going to say, oh, well, you should fight Dustin. Great, you're champion. Come get it. Uh, you want to fight Gaethje? Great, I'm champion. Come get it. Like, I know that's your mentality, but I love that. And I imagine that's like the dream scenario, right? Once you become champion, you don't have to call out anybody. They're going to be coming for you. Yeah, I mean, and that was the... You know, it was it was a, such a blessing to sign with the UFC. Um, I got the contract I wanted. I was I'm in the organization that I wanted. Um, on the biggest platform I could have possibly asked for. But the only problem was being the outsider, being the dark horse, being the guy who was who was coming into the organization. The fighters, the fighters know how tough of a, of a, a competitor I am. They know how tough of a, a night it's going to be when they step into the octagon against me. So I get, I get the fact that they didn't want to be the first one to dip their toe in the water and fight me first. So that's why I say I, I commend Dan Hooker for saying yes to that first fight in January. And then once I beat him, now I got, I got a number four next to my name. So I thought that was going to be pretty easy to book the next fight. Guys weren't going to say no. They, they wouldn't have a choice because now I'm ranked inside the top five. That still wasn't the case. There was still some pushback with, with some guys inside the top five. So now once I win the title, everyone's going to be wanting to fight me. Everyone's going to want the opportunity to fight me. So at that point, now we just sit back and we figure out what is next, what makes the most sense, who, uh, you know, now I can almost say, okay, who's, who's kind of earned it, you know, when it comes to this. You know, Justin Gaethje's coming off of a loss. He still hasn't beat anybody yet, so he's going to have to beat somebody before he gets the title shot. You know, you got Dustin and Connor fighting. Obviously, the winner of the Dustin versus Connor fight interest me because that's that's a trilogy everybody wants to see the dustin's the number one guy in the world now that khabib is, is gone if connor beats uh poirier that obviously puts connor right in title contention connor is the biggest combat sports athlete on the planet as we speak um so man there's, there's a ton of great options i would obviously be looking at the, the connor versus dustin fight i'll be sitting cage side watching that whenever that happens june july august um hopefully i'm getting to watch my next uh, opponent performed that night. Yeah, absolutely. I got to just real quick before I get you out of here, Michael. I got to ask you the last time we sp- that we spoke about Connor and Dustin, you said you know it was a razor close fight. Uh, I think you leaned a little bit towards Connor going into it, but you see, you, know, you gave a ton of credit to Dustin Poirier, and he ended up going out there and winning. Now in the trilogy, do you lean one way or the other? Because again, potentially that's going to be you know assuming everything goes well, you beat Charles Oliveira. I imagine that's a pretty good shot. That's going to be your next opponent would be the winner of Connor and Dustin. I don't I don't think I'm crazy thinking that. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, you got me, me, and, me and Charles Oliveira fighting for the title. That's, you know, the title fight's usually the biggest fight in the division. Um, but obviously, whenever, anytime Connor steps into the octagon and you're talking about a trilogy against Dustin Poirier, that's going to be a huge fight. So um, I think the winner of that fight is probably going get, to get the nod to get the next title shot. So I'll, I'll be watching closely. And I think. Uh, I think I still lean towards Connor. I think there's now a ton of pressure. Now that they're both one and one, now it's a fight that, that Dustin can't lose because he knows he knows he passed up on the title shot in order to take this fight. So there's gonna be a ton of pressure on 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 Dustin to win this fight, or else he passed up on a title shot that he might not get for uh, a while. 
could take him another a fight or two to get back to the title, and it could be me and Connor fighting next if Connor wins. So I still lean towards Connor. I think Connor still has uh, the power in those hands, and uh, I think you're going to see Connor make some adjustments as we have seen when he has when he has taken losses. He's always come back a better fighter, a more a more skilled fighter, a more prepared fighter. So we're going to see uh, whenever that fight takes place. Um, Either way, I'm excited to watch that one. I'm obviously going to be focused on my fight the next seven weeks. I'm going to go out there and take care of business in May in Houston, Texas. And, uh, man, I'm just just excited. UFC gold around my waist here in seven weeks. Uh, A ton of of opportunities to fight the best lightweights in the world. Couldn't be a better time to be in the sport. Couldn't be a better time to be in the UFC. And I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before I get you out of here, I got to ask this uh, because your last fight it was kind of a weird situation with the fans. They actually did have some fans in the arena, but uh, but again, not a full like capacity crowd. You know, when you fought uh, when you fought Dan Hooker, uh, you're going to be having you know what nineteen thousand screaming lunatic fans in Houston. Uh, I know that the fans are such a huge part of fighting. They bring so much emotion to it. The walkout, everything else. Uh, are you excited for that aspect? <laughs> I'm really excited about that, man. Um, I, I think Houston, Texas, I mean, you, you couldn't think of a better place to go to a full-packed arena. Fighting a Brazilian, I'm going to be wearing the Stars and Stripes, thir- 13 bars, 50 or thir- thirteen bars, fifty stars around my shoulder, and uh, representing the United States against Brazil's finest Um Man, it's, it's going to be a historic night, an awesome night there in Houston. I think even last time, walking to that octagon was the best I've ever felt in my entire life uh, as a competitor. And I think it's going to be even better this time, knowing what's at stake. I think you're going to see the best version of myself that we've seen in, in a long time. I think Charles Oliveira is the perfect opponent. And, uh, man, I, I'm just excited. The, the, the possibilities are endless when it comes to winning this fight and then what is going to happen next it's going to be big it's going to be huge it could, couldn't think of a stage being set better than the toyota center at ufc 262 live on pay-per-view and uh you know we'll see as, as the rest of the card shapes up but it's looking looking to be a phenomenal card i can't wait to see everybody show up i can't wait to feel the energy feel the feel the aura of what is a packed arena as i walked out to my 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 UFC debut of a full packed uh, arena in the UFC. And man, I'm, I'm just excited about it. It hasn't quite sunken in yet. I think it's going to set in here this week whenever I get around my team, get around my coaches down at Sanford MMA in Florida. And uh, it's all going to start becoming a reality. And uh, as I said, as I always do, I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to train like crazy. You're going to see the best version of myself, the most in shape happiest, healthiest, and hardest to kill Michael Chandler you have ever seen. I'm going to go out there and win UFC gold. I said this to you after you fought Dan Hooker. I said you couldn't have written a better ending to that fight. For things to play out, you answered every single question anyone had about you saying, oh, he's a Bellator guy, or oh, he's he's stepping up to a different level of competition. All those questions were answered inside two and a half minutes with Dan Hooker. Again, you could not have written a better ending. Uh, So put on your writer hat. Charles Oliveira, May 15th. Write the perfect story. How does that one end? I walk out into a packed arena in Houston, Texas, 19,000 red, white, and blue-blooded Americans chanting my name, rooting for me, 
I go out there, I get in Charles Oliveira's face immediately, and he, he will realize and feel from the first exchange, from the pressure that I put on him, he will immediately start to, sec- start to second-guess himself. He will immediately start to overreact. He will immediately start worried about, worry about his legs. I'm going to go to his head. I'm going to go to his head. I'm going to go to his legs. I'm going to go to his body. I'm going to mix it up. A punch is going to land. He's going to get his, 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 uh, his clock cleaned. He's going to wake up looking at the, at the bright lights and me standing up on top of the cage, about ready to get my hand raised, and UFC gold around my waist. That's how it's going to go. I predict it's going to be the first round, and then I predict a phenomenal end to 2021, and we're going to carry this baby on for the next couple of years. I love it. I love it. Michael, it is always a pleasure to catch up with you, my friend. I appreciate taking the time. Uh, have a great training camp for the next seven weeks. I know your team's going to take good care of you down at Sanford MMA. Uh, thank you, as always, for taking the time for me. You know I appreciate it, and I cannot wait. Cannot wait for May 15th. You got it, Damon. I appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.